I got over there and there was a plaque on the wall. And the plaque said, this is the oldest church in England. And it said, this is the church from which the founding fathers of America sailed from on the Mayflower. I was amazed at that. It's still standing. So I went inside and there was actually a pastor there, a Pentecostal pastor. He was renting the building. And he was an older guy, a mature guy, very, very nice person. So I encouraged him for doing what he was doing. I thought it's great to see a church here because that part of Liverpool had very few churches. So I encouraged him and said, well done, man. And he said, well, thank you for the encouragement, but actually I'm just about to shut the church. I couldn't believe it. What do you mean you're just about to shut the church? We've come to Liverpool is because it's famous for not having enough churches. There's no churches down here. There's no churches over there. Why on earth would you want to shut the church? He gave me a very shocking answer, an answer I've never forgotten. Two words. Don't speak. Just listen and think. What do you think the two words were? (laughs) I want you to think. What two words would shut down a church? Do you know what he said? God channel. What? I said, I love the God channel. What do you mean the God channel? And he said, well, you see, he was an older man. And he said, years ago, I'd been in ministry for years. Years ago, people would come to church and I could preach and people would listen and people would be saved. And then the whole media era started and it turned into quite a circus. And now Christians have the opportunity to turn on multiple channels and I can't compete. And slowly but surely over the years, they moved away because our worship team was not as good as hell songs. Our pastors weren't preaching as strong or as great as the guy on the telly. And they forsook the gathering together and they became consumers. Well, I was shocked at that answer. It's the last answer I expected. And I said to him, brother, you need to teach your people that they need to be with people. Not a television. Hello. Hello. (laughs) You need to be with people. Just these last couple of weeks I've been doing some marriage counseling. Not for this church. For people who follow our podcast online. But they live locally and they have difficulties. And one girl I was with on Friday, her marriage is falling apart. I said, well, tell me your story. And she began to tell me her story. And as I listened, it was very obvious. You started your relationship on Skype. That's not the real world, love. That's not the real world. I don't mind you starting on Skype because one in five relationships do sunlight. No problem. But you shouldn't have continued there because it's not the real world. Amen. Amen. It's not the real world. And you've built up this false, you know, fantasy world with this guy. And then you've gone and married him. Now you live with him. You can't stand him. (laughs) Right? And so it is with God and God's interaction with you and with me. You can't live a a fictitious life at home watching television. Amen. Amen. Because there's no interaction. If you sit there, there's no challenge. You could start watching TV with a bad temper. And by the time the program's over, you've still got a bad temper. But if you come in here, you're forced to rub shoulders with people, right? And you're forced to change your ways, and that's what the church is here for. Now, why do I say all that? Because I'll be leaving probably about July next year. And I know, does anybody here follow people? All follow Jesus? Is there anybody who follows people? Not one. Praise the Lord for that. 
Hallelujah. Because you know what? When some pastors leave a church, some members leave. And they go and find another pastor. And then when that pastor leaves, they leave that church. And they go and find another pastor. And then when that pastor leaves, right or wrong? Oh, terrible. Terrible behavior. People followers, you see. We say we follow Jesus. But actually, when it comes down to it, a lot of people follow people. And they're actually looking for this guy or that guy or worship or whatever it is. I've been in this church 22 years, is it? Virtually since I got saved. The same church. I've got the same overseers today as I had all those years ago. Same guys. Still here. And there's been a multitude of people who've come and gone over the years. Good ones and bad ones. Strong ones and weak ones who've overseen me. And I accept them all. Because that's the nature of the kingdom. You're sitting on some notes. Take a look at them. Take a look at this sheet. Because today, as I say, is a little bit different. I don't want this church to be that type of church. It's not going to be, because I won't let it. Why do people take the route that a lot of churches in the world are taking? Number one, that they're on the very small print at the top. To avoid the challenge of interacting with people. We're not going to do that. The church has become... You know, very consumer orientated. We, you know, so often people go to church to get, right? And not to give. Don't come in here, and I know you don't, you're very good people. Don't come in here with the attitude is, what am I going to get out of this, right? Right? No. Come here, what can I give? What can I deposit in the kingdom? And and the the point for you, uh, there's a huge lack of understanding in terms of the the difference between structural authority and spiritual authority. These are two completely different things. If I could use to just conjure up the Apostle Paul in his life, and you know the books that he's written, you know his journeys. He went to this city and he founded a church. Did he stay? Then he goes to the next city and he founded a church. Did he stay? They, and on and on and on, you know, Corinth, Ephesus, etc., etc. The guy just kept on moving. Now, do you think the people wanted him to stay? Oh, you better believe it. But what Paul was a man with spiritual authority. That is different from structural authority. And the people that he put in place, the people that he appointed locally, they had structural appointments. Now, some people move through the ranks. Some people, an apostle like me, will come in and appoint them, and they have structural authority, but they're not bursting with spiritual authority. Are you with me? Okay? But they've been appointed. And then is the critical moment where the congregation like you have your role. This is where you've got your moment in time, when you can either break or make. You can destroy or you can raise that, those people up. You can be critical or you can be supportive. And it's a wonderful trust to be given by God. You know, years ago, 20 odd years ago, I went to Singapore and I met this young guy called Roy. (laughs) Roy Varghese, who most of you know now. And I I liked him, he liked me, and he said, do you want to go out for dinner? I said, yeah. So we went out for dinner and I said, well, who are you and what do you do? He said, I'm a hotel manager. That's what I do. And I go to VFC. And I love it. And I've been here for years. And I've worked my way up in my career. And I love my career. And I love my hotels. I said to him, dear God. Wow. Congratulations. Get a life. What's someone like you doing working in a hotel? Thousands of people can work in a hotel, Roy. Get with it, huh? 
Come on, you can do something. And I came back to Ireland, and a few, it was maybe about a year or so later, I hear that he had resigned, he'd gone into training, he went to plant a church in Belfast, which is still there today, and then today he's my fellow RMD over Europe. See, there was someone who went from structural authority to spiritual authority, but people had to give him the chance. You have to believe in him, you have to support him, and stick with him all through those years. Today we're going to appoint new leaders here in this church who will go on for some time. Not forever, because the church should keep changing. If I said to you, you know, uh, let's get an example. The Western Infirmary, the Royal Infirmary. I was in there the other day, and there was doctors everywhere. We don't need all those doctors. Too many doctors, huh? Just need one. One's enough. Right or wrong? (laughs) Wrong. No, you would come back. Don't, don't be ridiculous. There's all sorts of sicknesses. There's all sorts of people. We need lots of doctors. And you would argue me down. But see, as soon as I start to talk about the church and pastors, uh-uh. All of a sudden, we just need one pastor. All of a sudden, we don't need, and I get mocked. Oh, yeah. I get mocked, and people think we don't need this, and we don't need that. Well, let me tell you, if you need it for your physical health, you also need it for your spiritual health. I am not a pastor. Okay? If you wait on me to pastor you, you're going to die in the process. God help you. Right? Those of you who have been here a few years know that. Right? I'm not a pastor. That's not in my nature. I'll tell you something else, folks. You don't need me to be a pastor. I need to do the job I'm made to do. And you need to do your job, your gift, whatever that may be. We need to set each other free to be the people God has made us to be. And that can take trial and error. Today, we're going to appoint four couples, four pastors and their wives to oversee various departments within this church. On your sheet there, it will give you an overview of our global structure, which I won't go into too much today. By the way, tonight at 6.30 in this building, we've got no worship, but we have an evening where we're going to put the chairs in a great big circle. And you can come and you can ask any questions that you like about any problems or theological issues, anything whatsoever. It's okay. But the reason we're doing it tonight is because you can also ask any questions about the future. Or you can ask these couples about their dream, their vision, and what they think they can bring to the table and to the future of the church. So 6.30 tonight, please come back. Our global structure, AO, at the top of that list, we believe in one-man leadership because I see that in the Bible. I see Peter lead. I see Moses lead. I like that structure, and it also means you can get things done quicker. Our global overseer is Rick Seward. He's been that for 37 years now, I think it is. Executive overseer, the person who carries out what Rick wants done, is a guy called Ray Belfield. He's very sick at the moment. He's about 83 now, but still going strong. Thank God for Ray. Beneath him is Roy and myself. And then here in this building... When I'm away, because my travels are going to escalate considerably from about now, I'm going to appoint Pastor Everson here to be in charge in my absence. Now, all eyes forward, let me make something very clear for his safety. (laughs) Um, There's a big difference between a senior pastor and an executive pastor. The word is executive. A senior pastor is someone who we put in place over a church because the person has the ability And the experience may be 10, 15, 20 years experience. 
and they can solve any theological problem, anything typically that comes their way. That's a senior pastor. We put them in place and we walk away. We're not concerned. Our brother here has had nowhere near that experience yet. He's doing incredibly well, but he hasn't had that type of experience. So we call him an executive. What does that mean? It means he executes, not you. <laughs> he, he carries out what I say. Okay? In fact, all of them do. That's what I do, and that's what I expect you to do. I think you know me by now. I am, I am rigidly, radically obedient and always happy. That's my principle, but I also demand that of those who follow me as well. So you must obey. If, if you disobey, I tell you folks, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Obey the structure. I believe in the Bible. I believe in the church. I believe with sticking with the system that God has given us. And I trust you will treat these guys the same way you treat me. Is that right, Lord? <laughs> yes, I, I mean, I, I, I can say that with all my heart. I hope you do that, and I believe you will. Second down on the list there is Pastor Jim and Susan Tran. Jim and Susan are probably the best cell leaders. Just naturally, they haven't had training, they haven't had anything. But they're two of the best cell leaders I've ever encountered. Their cell thrives and thrives and thrives and thrives. They're fantastic. So we're going to ask them to take responsibility for that area of our church and its growth. Beneath them, we've got Ian and Brenda. Completely different kettle of fish here. Um, for example, <laughs> sorry about that. You see, you guys, I can teach you, I can train you, because you are actually here in a church that's fully functional. Everything's on the wall. It's all functioning. So I, I can help you here. But these guys, I think, have got a very different journey in life ahead of them. So I'm going to send them out and hook them up with other churches, other pastors, and they're going to begin traveling and maybe come with me on some of my trips, but do their own trips, because I want them to get a handle on the church planting scene. That's why admin is in there. Don't underestimate that. The running of a church, you guys know now, right? There's an enormous amount of stuff. Now, he doesn't need that because you've got the system set up. They're going to be in a situation where that doesn't exist. So your training, guys, in these last three years has been very important. Don't underestimate it, okay? So a different type of training because they're going to be different type of leaders. Then at the bottom of the page is Davis and Dorothy. We're going to ask them to do something they're already gifted in, and that is oversee marriages and family life. Now, I trust you guys. I'm going to ask you to receive them as they should be received. Receive them well. And over the coming years, we're going to pray at the end of this meeting for each of these couples. But I ask you to put your all behind them in terms of cooperation and not demanding of them to be stuff that they're not. Amen? Just let them be the people they are and watch them grow. So first up for execution, <laughs> Davis and Dorothy, can we stand and give them a warm welcome? They're laying their lives down. Come up here. Don't be shy. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, Pastor. Morning, church. Morning. Um, yes, I, I was going to make a joke and say, I didn't know about this. It's just a coincidence that I'm in a suit, but, but this is serious. You know, um, this is a call not just from the pastor, but a call from God. And when you get a call from God, there are many ways you can respond. You can respond like Jonah and run away as fast as you can. Or you could be like Moses 
and you start giving excuses. You say, but I'm not good at speaking in English. I can't speak this. I don't have a Scottish accent. <laughs> or or, <laughs> or you, you, you can be like Isaiah and say, here I am, here my Lord, send me. Now, I know James 3 says, uh, let not many of you become teachers for your judgment will be stricter, but that didn't, well, it did cross my mind, but I remember that that verse is not written to discourage people from being teachers or from being pastors. Many of you know that I preach sometimes on Sunday evenings and Sunday mornings. That verse is to encourage people to walk the talk, to be, to have integrity, to do as they say, to preach what they mean. And that applies to us as well. Um, so if you see me or Dorothy saying something that is at odds with the way the life we live, yes, please pull us aside and rebuke us. I know Gordon, you don't have a problem with that. but uh, <laughs> So we feel really blessed and honored uh, to be given this responsibility and um, it's a challenge that we will embrace like Isaiah and we'll say, Lord, here we are, send us. And we know and we trust that um, this is a journey that we won't walk alone. This is a journey that we know you will support us in and obviously we know this is the journey that the Lord, only the Lord can give us the strength to endure. So, as Pastor Mike said, the area that uh, we are tasked with looking at is the family life and marriages ministry. And I'll let Dorothy say a little bit more about that one. Thank you very much. I guess, unlike Davis, I almost took the, the Jonah approach and, and fled, but then thanks to Davis for, for the support. And we do really feel honored that we've been asked to do this, and I know it, might, it, it, it will be a challenge, but we believe we'll have the support of the church. So the main ministry that we're going to be looking at is the family life ministry, and this will focus on life issues in general, and we'll try and split it up into issues like parenting. We'll look at marriages. We'll also look at relationships because it's not just targeted at people who are already in a marriage, but we're also looking at single people. We'll look at issues that are specific to women and also issues that are specific to, to the men. And we'll also be looking at sharing ideas. So it, it will obviously involve the church and, and looking at ideas and trying to improve um, what we can offer and the service that we can be offered to everybody. And so over the next few months, we are hoping to launch the, the ministry by running a couple of sessions. The first session we are hoping will be targeted at the females, and that will involve Pastor Mike as well. And then we'll look at... <laughs> I know Pastor Mike is not a female, but we'll invite him into the first session. <laughs> You can dress up in a dress, Pastor Mike. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then the next session will be looking at issues more related to, to the men. And I might be involved in that one as well, just to get a sense of what's happening. 
And then we are hoping to have another session where we'll involve everybody, a similar one to the one we had last year in the Pond Church. And we are thinking that will probably be around February time. So we are hoping, hopefully, that we can have these two sessions before February and then have the big one in February. And it will be very similar to the one that we had last year and possibly look at inviting people with more experience than ourselves to come in. Um, and then um, I think th those are the issues that we are hopefully hoping to look at within the next few months. Yes, um, the family is a very important institution, and marriage is a very important institution, and I'm sure most of you have, um, are aware of the statistics in this country, particularly about um, broken families, children living in single-parent families, and such families also need support. So we are not just talking about families that where there is a husband and wife, but we also want to give support to, to such families. And as you know, the idea is to promote strong family relationships because if things are not working well in your family or marriage, chances are they will not work for you. They will not work well for you at school or at work or wherever you are unless you are completely, completely a hardened person. So it's important that charity begins at home, and our ministry is aimed at helping out in those areas. Because, as I said, that's where everything begins. So, as Dorothy said, um, I'm sure most of you enjoyed that day we had at the pond, and we are looking to do something similar. Uh, I was going to say something even better, but that might give con the wrong connotations. That day was great. We want to do something as good, if not better, um, and it was uh, a well-attended event, so we are working on those plans, and um, we will probably approach some of you for some more ideas on what we can include uh, in those sessions. Um, so that's our um, few minutes up, and um, as we said earlier on, we're really honored um, to be given this this challenge and we fully embrace it. Thank you. Praise God. That was fantastic, except for the bit about the woman. <laughs> but before I invite the next couple, which is Ian and Brenda, I want you to remember this book. I think most of you have seen it. Have another look at it, okay? It's got two pull-out sheets. One of them is the churches that we have planted in the last 35 years. So all of these, all of those little red squares represent some of them 10 people, some of them 20,000, 30,000 people. It's 100 and, I guess 115 countries, 12,500 churches. Uh, you can't do that without raising people up. You can't do that without appointing pastors. Okay? These are the ones that are already planted. Now my point is, these are the ones that are not yet planted. And there's a lot more of them. There's a lot more towns and villages and cities that have no gospel. And I could tell if we keep you here a long time, that's what we need you to, to think about. It's where can you go within this country, within the UK, places where there's no church, villages, towns, 
right? Never mind other countries. We need it here as well. But all of these, we need a pastor. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches. Our church in Dublin needs a pastor. Our church in Barcelona just lost their pastor. Church in Belfast needs a pastor. And it goes on and on and on and on. So we need to break eggs to make omelets, right? And that's what I want you guys particularly to think about and to focus on. It's a fantastic thing. It's a wonderful thing to go in somewhere. I planted about 12 churches. That's all. That's a pitiful number. But at least they're there. At least they're there. Some of them big, some of them small. But I thank God for that. And I hope that those 12 can plant 24 and on and on. Multiplication rather than just addition. So Ian and Brenna, come on up. Let's give them a welcome. Hello, everyone. Um, I laughed last week when Pastor Mike uh, was talking about uh, people's visions and he had the pictures up on the, the screen. And the end one was obviously about people who had retired and there was the swimming pool. And I just laughed because when we both retired, we decided we wanted to work more for the church. But um, I would say God, he calls us to climb very steep trails. And sometimes we all find it very impossible um, to do this. Um, but I think if we're willing to make the effort to climb the steep trails, um, we will see the blessings come to us all. Because back in 2011 at the Pond Hotel, um, Ian and I attended the conference there, and we actually heard from God, and we put ourselves forward um, for missions. And we had Pastor Ray and Pastor Roy uh, pray for us. And I would say since then, um, we've prospered greatly. And I feel that at any time, if I, if I feel inadequate to um, carry out any of the ministries the Lord decides to give to me, I, I need to always remember in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And I just feel that I can do this because... Myself, I am not an academic. Um, I'm more a hands-on person. So preaching, teaching, evangelism, Gordon, and singing is not my forte. But I'm willing to turn the hand to anything. And God gave us all different talents. And I think we all need to use them. And it's not, e- it's not going to be easy for Ian and I going out. you know. So I'm just saying to everyone, Give it a shot, because that's what we're going to do. It's not going to be easy, but, and it is scary, yes, but we're going to do it because we love the Lord and we want to serve him. Just thinking of what Brenda said there about uh, the Pond Hotel that we have from God. Um, That reminds me of young Samuel, when God called on him, and he thought it was uh, Eli the priest. And on the third occasion, Samuel says, Here am I, Lord. And that's what we have done. We have said, Here we are. Jesus. Last week, Pastor Mike has been speaking about visions. Not only for the church, but for individuals. And I see this church at the moment on the verge of a great breakthrough because things have been escalating 
not out of control, but spiritually escalating. And I see this church making a great breakthrough for great things because we often sing, greater things have yet to come. Greater things have yet to be done in this city and beyond. And that's what we are going to be involved in. The great things are of God, His direction, His spiritual guidance, the building of God's kingdom here on earth. It's for God's glory and honour and not for ours. Although we are blessed, each and every one of us, that God is using us in His great plan, it is very uplifting that all ministry leaders are working unitedly for the furtherance of God's kingdom and His glory. And we've got Jim and Susan, we've got Everson and Bridget, we've got Davis and Dorothy, and we've got a great leader and Pastor Mike. He has helped a lot. But they're, they're moving on and they're devoting their time to God and devoting all their energy to the godly things because it's to build God's kingdom. Because we have a great responsibility to build the kingdom and to plant new churches and to take the word out into the streets. There's a lot of other ministries goes on as well. Ushering, driving, cleaning, etc. These are all very important. It's part of the makeup of the church and it's part of the unity of the church. And I think this is why this church is so strong. As for Brenda and myself, our ministry, as pastors, we are going to be out and about, travelling and going where God wants us to be. So we won't always be in Glasgow. And I once said to, to Brenda when we first met, that I said, if God wants me to go somewhere, I'll leave everything and go. And Brenda wasn't very sure about that. Now, if God says we want you to go, we would go in unity and leave everything. Because I feel it's, it's a great honour and a privilege to serve such an almighty God. And when God speaks to you, you answer. Because if you don't, you lose out. You lose out. And I just want to, to take this opportunity to encourage all who lead in ministry and various ministers to keep on going fervently in their work and also to encourage all others to get actively involved in ministries to honour God through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Because you are blessed and you will be blessed even greater. Because thinking back since the, the Pont Hotel, we have progressed and grown spiritually. And I, I just feel that we are on the threshold of doing far greater things. And when Pastor Roy and Pastor Ray prayed over us at the Pond Hotel, they both more or less said exactly the same thing. And I remember the words that Pastor Ray said. She said God's going to do things with you that you never dreamt about. And it's true. Because I'm doing things today I would never have dreamt that I'd be doing for God. But all that we do, we do in God's honour and His glory. And if God called upon us tomorrow to leave our home, leave our camper van, leave our car, and go and preach the gospel and plant churches, we will go. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Bless every one of you.
Our next couple, a very special couple actually, and I want you to receive them as such. Um, you, know the, you know the saying, make hay while the sun shines, right? Well, as a Christian, you don't have that privilege. You have to make hay no matter what's happening. And as you know, I've been through a very difficult time. My hard times are over, actually. But this couple have had hard times and are still going through those hard times. And for the last couple of years, when I've been at home and things are tough, you need to have, you need to have somebody, a human being, that you can think of. An example, God. I need an example of a man who's still walking, still going, even when you're being battered down. And I tell you, Jim and Susan, you have been a fantastic example to this church and to me. But more than that, more than that, when the call goes out, (laughs) when the call goes out to say, we need someone to volunteer for ministry, Uh, You know, many Christians just start to think about the reasons I can't do it. I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of that. I don't think there's anybody in this church who's got more reasons why they can't do it than this family. Amen? Amen. But I thank God for the outcome. Because when the call went out, they said we can do it. And we are going to do it in spite of everything. Because Jesus will enable you, right? Amen. Jim and Susan, come on up. Praise the Lord. Welcome, guys. Good morning, church. As um, Pastor Mike said, yeah, we are we are um, family people, and. Uh, you are our family in this church, and we do our best to endeavour to help you in any way we can. We'll always be here to support you um, in a pastoral role. Um, so, as I said, we're always here for you. But you know me, I'm always having a bit of a joke and a bit of a laugh, so I'm going to tell you a wee story this morning before I go any further. And this just eases me into what I'm genuinely going to say. Um, A story was told of a jockey who was always winning his races. And he was asked, why is it you are winning more races than anybody else? And he said, well, what I do is, he says, I go to the stable every day. And I say a poem to my horse. And the person says, what was that? And he says, I say to the horse, Roses are red, violets are blue, Horses horses that lose are made into glue. (laughs) Right? Which (laughs) Which leads me into this. Fortunately, God doesn't take that approach with us. We as New Mercy Church leaders, with your support, are going to be winners. We are not going to be losers. Amen. We are going to be winners. Change has now started. 
and we have to adapt for the good of the kingdom. It's a challenge for all of us. If we unify and work together, we will achieve. It's a new season, so let's have the faith that we can glorify God. We have a plan that we will um, put out shortly to the sales, because that's what we are, sale group leaders. But mostly what I want to say is, the church moves on. Pastor Mike's moving on. There's change in your life every day. Something always turns up, and you've got to be ready for it. No matter what it's your health, your finances, your family problems, because in amongst families, as we all know, everybody's not Christians, and they've not got Jesus Christ to lean on and to support them. We have. But it's our duty, it's our duty as Christians to encourage our families, to encourage our friends, to encourage our neighbours to come into this church particularly. This is our church. And we have to have a heart for the lost people. And the only way to build your church is to get backsides on the seats. This church in the last year has changed. Um, facilities are good for us. The decor's nice, which is all material things, but the point is, it's inviting to bring people in. But we need to get people in, not only to enjoy this, to enjoy the fellowship, to meet each and every individual, to meet the pastors, to meet their wives, to be part of God's family. That's what we want to be, part of God's family. And the only way we can do that is not sit in the house and say, Oh, it's a wee bit damp today. I'm not going out. You've got to get to church. You've got to get to church. Oh, look at that. There's a wee spot in my face. Oh, no. Oh, I can't handle it. No. Get to church. Be brave. Be brave. Step out for the Lord. Step out for the Lord. That's what it's all about. It's not about us. It's about the glorification of God. So, remember that, folks. When we can all work together, and as I said, Susan and I are here for use at all times. When we can all work together, we'll get there. Pastor Mike moves on to a new era, a new, a new, a new season, and we have moved into a new season. And this church is not going down. This church is going up. Amen. Amen. Everything Jim said, I totally agree and we're with you 100%. Um, and I'd just like to thank God for this opportunity, uh, the honour and uh, uh, blessing of serving you all. Thank you, Yes, we, we, we do thank, we thank everybody for your support. We thank you from Pastor Mike Down that, uh, that uh, God himself has given us this opportunity to be in leadership. And as I said about the cell groups, um, unfortunately there's a, a couple, through circumstances, not operating at the moment. But when they, they do get up and running again, Susan and I, our duty is to visit those groups and to see how everybody's doing and to encourage them. There will be a cell group leaders meeting um, soon, so I'll let you know about that. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, guys. And last but not least, <laughs> and the guy who needs the most prayer, 
is the one that, who's going to be in charge when I'm away. It's not easy, guys, making a decision. I would say to the other pastors, be gracious, okay? Be gracious and be patient. Um, Everson and Bridget, they're, they're going to get it wrong, okay? That's not so much your problem. That's their problem. That's God's problem. I, I, very often I've had wrong instructions or I disagree with my oversight. It may, not for sin. You never sin because people tell you they sin. But just in strategy or this, that, and the other, I, I will voice my opinion. Say, I'm not sure about this, but no problem. I'll go along with it. All right? That's the way to walk. We need to be able. Many of us are professionals, and so in the world, we lead in our office. We lead in our workplace. Well, let me tell you, in here, you're a member. In this place, you need to put your credentials at the door, friend. Every single one of us. Me, you, all of us. And we need to come into a different kingdom and a different structure. I, I just want to re-emphasize. Um, I'm a preacher. right? I'm a word guy. I live for that. I've, I've lived for that from I got saved. I live and breathe it. I dream it. I think it. Right? 24-7. It's the passion of my life, right? It's everything I am, you know. It, it, but you can't hold these guys accountable to function at the same level. That is absurd. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous beyond belief. So I don't want you to put demands on him or on anybody else here that are unrealistic. And I'll warn you this, folks. Davis can come up here and preach. If you judge him, you're not going to hear a thing. Do you know what the Bible says? My sheep. What's a sheep? A person who submits and who follows. But goats and foxes and rebels, they can't hear a thing. Can't hear a thing. Because the, the judgment is inside the people. And I warn you, I hope you're listening. In Jesus' name. Let them hear it. You can hear a word from God, multiple words from God, week after week from every one of these guys, provided you become a sheep. Provided in your heart and in your spirit, you submit to the structural leadership, you bow the knee, you get off your high horse and your expectations, and as they speak, God will take that word and you will hear your shepherd's voice. Amen. So whatever attitudes, whatever issues, I want to follow our family line here in VFC. I want this church to become increasingly reproductive. But these are the things that it takes to do that. Now, you're going to have the last say when I'm not around, right? And he'll call me and ring me. I just ask you to go with it. Even if you think it's not right, it's not important. That's not the important thing. The important thing is that you as a church obey and that he, as I know, will lead with valor. He knows me better than you think. Right? <laughs> he knows me a lot better than you think. And I know him a lot better than you think. And that's why I'm putting you up here. <laughs> Come on up. Give him a round of applause. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Good morning, church. Bridget and I are standing here. The Lord has called us here. We accept the call. We receive the call. 
and we are going to run with the call. It is his will and not ours. The fortunate thing about God is that he doesn't call prematurely. He doesn't call at the wrong time. His timing is always right. I was talking to the uh, ministry leaders yesterday, and I said Jacob did a mistake when he, he gave Joseph the coat of many colors when he was a little boy. What that caused Joseph to do, he ended up in a pit. He ended up as a slave. He ended up as a servant and ended up in prison. Thank God, God doesn't appoint that way. Amen. Yes, so we accept because the timing is right. And it is only through the blessings that he will put in use that our blessings will also continue. So we accept all that it brings along and we accept the task. God will see us through. And through yourselves, we will be blessed. We thank you. Um, I just have a few things to say. If I can have my slide up um, for this. I, 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 I have themed this moment as sowing into new seasons. That's what it means for this church as we see it. And the focus, primary focus, is to regenerate the focus of the church ministry. We had our very first meeting yesterday with the ministry leaders, and I can't express enough how much successful it was and how much enthusiasm the ministry leaders have. And it is only through correct inspiration, good timing, and blessing that we can all team together and achieve like we did yesterday. Could you give the ministry leaders a round of applause, please? Uh, on the next slide there, all I'm saying is um, every end times church has got five types of people to deal with, of which you and me are part. The first group of people coming are the lost or the the deinstrated fellows out there who do not know Christ. The Lord has assigned responsibility in this room to push those people and bring them into this house through through evangelism. Unfortunately, my arrows, I think it's the projector that has turned them otherwise. So we have a relationship. The church has a role to play in bringing people in this house. And not only attract them in, but keep them here. How does the church keep people here? People become seasonal individuals who come to church when it's convenient. People become seasonal individuals who come to church because they are following a person. People become seasonal individuals who come to church because it suits them. The church has a role to play on those people. Those people need to be encouraged, to be given direction, and to have their behavior changed and be given a a discipleship role within the church to groom them, to grow them, to elevate them, and to give them better insight so that they turn into regular individuals. It's not good to remain as regular individuals in a church because you are religious. I used to be that person here. My wife and I would come into church. I think those of you who have been here for many years will have noticed this. We would come into church every Sunday. We didn't miss a Sunday. 
we come into church every Sunday, we sit somewhere at the back, the preacher preaches, at the end of the word, out we go. We come in again next Sunday, correct, right time, right seats at the back, listen, at the end of the meeting, off we go. You are a regular individual who only turns up because it's a routine. It's a, it becomes a habit to come to church instead of a purposeful attendance, which is spiritually inspired. People who are regular individuals need to, be, to come down into active individuals who participate in the church, who are interested in helping the church grow like you and me. And there is a role in this church through all the ministries. A church member should belong to a ministry. It's an expression of your commitment to serving Christ, to serving God. How do you save? How does your child become part of your family if they grow from childhood to adulthood without participating in the activities of the home? How do they become part of family? We need to be part of family. And we have set up ministries in this church which any one of us can belong to. There is ushering. Some of you got welcome at the door when they came in this morning. Transport, Sunday school, marriage and families, the, the relationship ministry that um, Pastor Davis talked about, preaching, media, worship, evangelism, the elderly ministry, homeless. We've got shoe boxes outside. We've got the prayer partnership. We've got all these ministries pulling together. And each one of us needs to belong to those ministries. That's how we pull together as a church. We don't only stay as active individuals but we also ultimately need to be faithful in serving the Lord, which is our ultimate goal. We are brides in waiting. My friends, Jesus is coming. He has said that he, he himself doesn't even know when his return is going to be. Only the Father who is in heaven. And you and I need to get ready. We have to become faithful individuals. And those individuals need to be retained in this church. Every church has got two doors. One big, white, clear door at the front and another small door at the back. Sometimes these two doors are the same. People just get in and get out of the church. We need a big, flowery, shiny door at the front and a very small door at the back which you can actually put a shutter and close. We need to be a sticky church. People get in and stay here. This is a home. Brother Jim said, this is where we belong. This is family. And when we get in here, we should be feeling at home and uh, comfortable in God's house. So I'll not, go, I'll not go to the next slide that I had there. But um, my point is just that through your support, through the support of this church, through what God has planted in us, through the leadership that God has given us, we have managed to walk through those stages down all the way. And we can all do that. We need to seek God. We need to have faith. We need to make ourselves available. Here I am, God. Take me and use me. Like Isaiah said, according to Brother David's message. Let's avail ourselves and make ourselves available to the Lord. We can't thank this church enough for grooming us. We can't thank this church enough for bringing us up, for enlightening us, 
for enabling us, for encouraging us, for leading us. And we can't thank you enough, uh, Church, for all the support that you have given us in every role that we have taken in this church. We have no words to say this. I'll give Bridget an opportunity to say something. <laughs> yeah, we know it's a big challenge. But anyway, we just accept what God has said for us. And we hope you, you will just bless us and support us. That's all. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Um, just before the worship team come back, when you go around the, the world, different churches have different pulpits. Some of them are fine and normal like this, and some of them are, are awful. The worst one I ever had was, I think it was a Welsh congregational church, and the congregation are down here, and you start climbing up and up and up and up, and you end up looking down. Good morning, everyone! It's, it is such a contradiction. Jesus stepped down and it, it creates an image, a perspective which is so unreal, so contradictory really to everything Jesus taught us. So why don't we work against that perception? Uh, you know, when we dedicate babies, it, it's not the pastor that does that, right? It's the whole church. We agree to, to stand by the family, to stand by the child, to, 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 to point out corrections, to bring encouragement. It's a body ministry. And today, equally, is the same thing. I will pray for you guys, of course. But it's your collective ownership and agreement that will see it through. That's what will see it through. So why don't we do that? Do body ministry.